<laughs> so, <laughs> James. Yes. I am so sorry about yesterday. <laughs> it's not a problem, Christopher. You want to tell everybody what happened? Or Woke up, started getting ready, which means I have to clean up the house a little bit because Christopher comes over so we can do some podcasting and my dog likes to shed a lot of hair before he comes over. <laughs> so there's a whole routine I go through. And in the middle of that, I get a text that says, oh, can we do it tomorrow? Well, isn't it kind of nice to get your house picked up a little bit earlier than normal? No. No. Why not? I have morning. I have things scheduled for different mornings of different days. Okay. And so when it gets out of place, that means whatever was scheduled for that day or, or you know, I, I have to take a slot out from another day. So my mornings are important <laughs> because it's when I actually do things. No, I get it. I get it. I so do the same thing every at morning. At the very last minute, <laughs> when you erase that day, that has to get moved to another day. So something else has to usually get jettisoned. Do you do something different on garbage day? Because that's the and only not, day of the week. It's not that I'm angry, oh. Christopher. Yeah. But I would be careful about drinking that coffee. <laughs> but you must remember, this podcast is more about the coffee than the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> you're, silent, you're silently staring at me with that that stare. Not for me, it isn't. Oh, it's more about the podcast. I mean, if it was really about the coffee, I'd make good coffee. <laughs> and I wouldn't poison it as much. I did notice it's a little bitter than normal. I, um, well, that's funny. Let me, let it's, supposed take a a, it's supposed to be a sweet taste. <sighs> no, it's, it's fine. It's, it's actually a little watery than normal. No, it's it's supposed to be a little bit sweet tasting because that's um, yeah, you know, I get it. What that tastes like. <laughs> so here's something interesting. Antifreeze is t- sweet, by the way. Oh, it is. I didn't know that. Yeah, the cats, why the animals drink it. Oh, that's why they get in trouble and die. You must have read that it's sweet. Who? who no, I, I didn't read. I'm married to a veterinarian. I know this is oh, right. part of being a veterinarian and be, or being around a veterinarian. There's a reason why most people aren't naturally attracted to bitter flavors. And you know why? Because who likes bitter? Well, we like, we drink in coffee. It's bitter. Is it? Oh, okay. I don't think it's bitter. Well, bitter is usually acquired taste because usually poison tastes bitter. And so naturally humans don't like bitter things. It's an acquired thing because most of the things in the world that are poisonous are actually very bitter. Uh, You know, I need a little bit more data on this. So Christopher, what I'm going to have you do is you need to set up a (laughs) list of poisons and I need you to do a taste testing and tell me, (laughs) because I don't really believe that they're all bitter. (laughs) But speaking of bitter pills. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's another thing that we need to discuss. There is now a moratorium, an official moratorium on sound effects post-production sound effects in the show. Well, the thing is about the sound effects that I throw on. Um, you understand what a moratorium make, is, right? Do explain. You don't know what a moratorium means? Yeah, of course I do. Okay. So it means they're dead. Yeah, I get it. Moratorium. I get the first bar like more. Yeah, of course, obviously. But here's where I'm going with this. Sometimes certain sound effects. Yeah, like that one. Mm-hmm. Applied with what we're talking about. Make me laugh. Oh my God. You and I have slightly they different sense of laugh. humor. Well, they make me laugh if they're done once for maybe a one and a half seconds. But sometimes they're funny if they keep, if something keeps going on and no, on and on no. and on and on. At some point, you're like, oh, my no. God, will it just stop? And that's yes, funny. That just stop part. That's the part <laughs> I got. That's what I have. Oh, my God. So on the last, the last, because last I don't episode. Know if our listeners realize this, but I have to listen to the show before we post it. I thought you so I'm sub- subject to the same nonsense that you guys are. I'm with you. I'm one of you guys. 
Obviously, this show isn't live, though. I, I thought against the tyrant. Someday we should do a live show and see what happens. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> so just let what let our listeners know what we do. So we record, and then sometime in the next couple of days, I pull out the area where we actually go get coffee and we actually come and fill the cup up because no one cares to tell, no one cares about listening to us pour our coffee, right? So I cut that out, and then you know if there's something funny, I'll just throw a sound effect on. Well, the robot pours the coffee. That's right. Speaking of coffee, I'm just, I'm going to get some more. There you go. I'm going to get a warmer up right there now. Can you please cue up the sound effect? <laughs> there you go. What's a pony midnight dreary? Well, I was pony weak and weary. A pony for the look so dreary. I got a suggestion that would make you cheery. It's gorgeous. They got floors with fishes and fairies, bubbles and berries, cats and canaries. So as you're looking for something a little unique, go to our website and go take a peek. That's G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S dot com. Gorgeous floor for the outrageous look. The local news of the week. This Saturday at midnight, all the phones will be changed to dial service. All the telephone numbers will be changed. Late this week, new directories will be delivered. Here are a few important suggestions for the use of your dial telephone. First, secure the number from your directory. Then, remove the receiver and wait for a dial tone. Sounds like this. That tone indicates everything is ready for your call. Take the receiver off the hook, dial, call. For example, suppose you want to dial 23650. Dial each numeral in this manner. Pulling your finger around to the finger stock each time. Allow the dial to return to its previous location. And this is the ringing signal. If the line is busy, you'll hear this signal. Until Saturday at midnight, please use your previous number and take your calls in the usual manner. Thank you. Hey, by the way, I just want to say thank you, James, for making coffee every time I come over here. Oh, that's great. You know, when you say things like that, though, and I'm just <laughs> raging against you at the moment, it doesn't help. Because I'm a, I think maybe it's because I'm Italian and I just, uh, I, I have a but reservoir you of hate. But you don't drink Italian. Not, it never, <laughs> never diminishes. And I never forget. Come on, come on. But you don't even drink Italian roast. This is the problem. I'm half Sicilian, too. Oh. Half Italian. Well, actually, it's a quarter Sicilian and a quarter Italian. Uh, when I was there, they looked like they were. This was, but when I, I went to Sicily before I, I started drinking coffee, so I wasn't really. I've attention. seen that. God I, damn okay. it, that food was good though. I, I tell me if I'm wrong. Don't they drink? So like you know how the Greeks make the little coffee in the brass espresso. Okay, espresso like that. They, that's how they drink it, right? They don't drink it like you and I are drinking it right now with the well, I'm, big I can giant cup that, that barely fits in my hand. I'm sure they're well. Obviously, that's an American thing, but I can also guarantee you that they're not using um, a Keurig machine to make their coffee. That's just not an Italian thing to do. Not even Italian. They have machines, but they are, you know, they are so complicated and they almost never work. But they are, they, when they do. Why do you say they don't work? I know they're complicated. Fancy Italian coffee machines are notorious for not actually working. I did not know that. I mean, you you need like a degree to be able to operate. Oh my God. We have to look that up. Is there a university, like a barista, like probably maybe Starbucks. I don't know. The Starbucks university. I don't know. Is there a university with it? It's like, oh, maybe there's a, like, maybe you go to culinary school. And you can minor in coffee making. Is that real? No. It, it, if you're born in Italy as an Italian, you just know. 
Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Hey, tell me about the news. You had something on your mind. Well, in a related news story, this is, I'm getting off track already. Uh, did you see the news about McDonald's milkshake machines? They have a milkshake machine. At, at, Mi- every- at Mickey D's? Yes. Okay. And they're made by one company. And the one company is very expensive. I think they're $18,000 a pop. Really? And they're kind of fussy. So the 11, at any given time, it, I can't remember if it was 11 And McDonald's shakes are only mildly good, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Put I them don't, in top category. I think they're good, but you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've ever actually had one, but I, I can't remember the, the number, but it was somewhere, it was either 11 or 15% at any given time or broken, which is driving broken yeah. or like the, they need to add more goop to no, it. No, no, non-functional as in the machine is broken. And so from this company, if you need to get a fix, they're very complicated machines. You have to have a, a certified technician come out and fix it, but they don't have enough. So another company created a little piece of software diagnostic tool that could let people know exactly what was wrong with the machine. So some guy who's flipping burgers can just look at the code and like, oh, I just need to replace this one little transistor. Oh, right, right, right. That. So that so the company that was making those machines sued McDonald's and the company that was making the diagnostic tool say, no, you're not allowed to do that. You have to have it serviced by us. And McDonald's just won the right to repair their own machines. That's so weird. It does. It's not weird that McDonald's won because they win almost everything, but, uh, <laughs> don't sue McDonald's when you buy a product. Have you ever noticed there's like all these rules? Like if you use this product, you cannot do X, Y, and Z. And they put it in there like, I didn't sign on on this, but you're breaking the copyright or whatever. And I remember and we've talked about this, you and I, when we were kids, we used to tear stuff apart. Technically, we were breaking the law and a lot of that stuff. You're well, not allowed no, to take those machines that, apart. No, it's not the law. It's just that's what they put on their disclaimers. And in, in some cases, you know, if you, if you open up uh, an electronic product, you generally break your warranty or void your warranty. Right, 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 right. Uh, I think the funniest thing from my sphere of understanding is you go to Walmart or get a, buy a cheap mountain bike that has a suspension fork on it. Yeah. Uh, invariably, they were say they will say this is not intended for off road use. You got to be kidding me! No, no, this is like it's just across the board because um, they don't want to be sued. Well, Some they're kid. also made so badly. I mean, if you're paying 150 bucks for a mountain bike, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's some corners that are going to be cut there. McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. I don't know if you remember, they actually sued the original McDonald's brothers out of existence. So McDonald's brothers were two guys who started their own little. Um, uh, their own little uh, restaurant. I think it was in California. And then I don't remember where it was. I think it was. Over. Well, I think the brother's name was Mac and Dick or Dick and Mac. I can't remember which one, but it was definitely San Bernardino, California. And then um, the guy's name, I can't remember the fa- the quote, the founder of McDonald's who wasn't really the founder. They came in and basically joined their team and then took over and then sued them out of existence. And like they Facebook, even, they weren't even allowed to use their own name. Yeah. A little bit like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he yeah. t- what's his name? Uh, Zuckerberg uh, he ca- came in. They already had it going and they added, they just wanted his participation in a pre-existing project and he signed them off and they're gone. Well, it's not that they, they already had it going. They hired him to actually do the programming. They had the idea. And then he said, oh, yeah, that's a really interesting idea. And and he kept pushing them off and putting them off. So, yeah, I'll do it next week. And by the t- and then one week he said, oh, I did it and it's mine now. I think it was a little more complicated than that, but yeah. Okay, I may have oversimplified <laughs> it, but it was pretty simple. I mean, this is college kids, so they don't have to be that complicated. That's true. And talking about Bezos being an asshole. <laughs> oh, wait a second. That's a different ass billionaire asshole. Uh, uh, you know, he, he did it again. Uh, Jeff, when when Bill Gates retired... His credibility and his 
social status went up in the world because he started doing all this philanthropic stuff, you know, in most of our eyes. Uh, Christopher's giving me this eye like, yeah, a little skeptical. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. Okay, okay. Bezos just keeps diving further and further down in the pit and he's just such a, can I say douchebag on the show? Um, Are you going to beat me? No. Container. (laughs) He's such a uh, cleaning container for used cleaning products. Anyway, so he's got this, his own little private space company, which is cute. He tried going up into space a little while ago and didn't quite make it, even though they think they did. And they took some pictures and blah, 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 blah. They made it look like he did, though. Yeah. Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you can't get or if you can't go around the earth at least once, you're not really in space. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's like shooting. It reminds me of those. uh those balloons. So they say, Oh, I've taken them. Yeah. There's a few people that have taken a balloon around the world. It was a big thing back in the seventies and eighties. Really? Okay. But they had to keep stopping. Oh yeah. For obvious reasons. And I kept thinking, does that really count? I mean, there's, there's the first guy that flew around because he's a very famous person. Everybody knows his name. What the guy from the British guy? (laughs) Uh, I have no idea what his name is. Oh no. Branson, Bryce Branson, Branson. Who's the other billionaire dickhead? (laughs) Don't say, well, you really don't. I think you have a problem These with These guys really just chaff my something or it's, another. It, you can't be, you can't, you can't smash a few people's egos without, be, with, to be a billionaire. I mean, come on. What are you talking How about many, smashing egos? I don't understand that. Well, they take over companies. Okay. They buy out other people. People get hurt when change happens. Other people benefit. No one talks about yeah, that. Yeah, creative destruction. No, people do talk about it. It's the whole theory. What do you mean? Creative destruction is like when, when oh, an right. industry comes in and basically smashes apart another an older industry. Yes, it looks bad on the surface, but what it does is it, if you have a bad entrenched company that gets smashed, like say Sears or something, as that is getting smashed into pieces, you're actually releasing a lot of creative forces that yeah. were tied up in this, uh, I'm, I'm not saying it very well, but tied up in this um, mega whatever, bad thing. <laughs> this mega bad thing. Well, that's the same thing with these guys. They get this bad reputation because they put all these people unemployed, but no one ever talks about all the new people that I'm were- I'm not that talking got about in- that stuff. I'm talking about the douchey things where, where they create their own space companies to go up into space, but they're not really going into space and they're just wasting a lot of carbon emissions uh, and right. not doing anything for the planet. And uh, this latest thing, like Jeff Bezos has his own Blue Origins. This is his own private little space company, right? And he got really upset because NASA awarded some contracts to SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's thing. Right, right. I don't have any problem with Elon yeah, I Musk. Yeah, this. Because he's a billionaire too, but he's a bag like these other guys. There you go. Because his stuff actually works. He's flying them up and he's constantly testing and he's building and he's doing stuff. Well, he's charging Space people. It's, when it's good enough to charge people, you yeah. know, there's going to be at least a minimum amount of quality there. And, and so completely naturally, NASA awarded the contract to... Uh, SpaceX, Elon Musk, because Obviously. his stuff is working. It's and, working. And they, they have a clear line of progress. Whereas Blue Origin is, yeah, they're they're building stuff, but they're nowhere near as successful. No, of course as SpaceX. So after losing that that contract bid, Bezos is now suing NASA. Oh my god! You know that reminds me of. It's like these guys that go for job interviews. And so what they do is they go to job interview and they well you fill out your application, then you have like the phone call, and then they ask you to come in. And then sometimes what they'll do is they'll have, first you meet the HR in person, then you meet the VP or the person that you're going to be working in that department. They think you're good enough. So then you have another interview with the president or a CEO. And then what happens is the CEO narrows it down to like two people or three people. And then they might do one or two more interviews after that. 
And if it's, let's just say it's three, they're down to the three people. Yeah, basically have three people could be flying all over the United States, sometimes even other continents for a job that's high paying. And then what happens is one guy gets it. The other two are like, tough luck. And the problem is they feel personally offended. They've <laughs> wasted their time. Uh, they've, they've flown. They've told people they're applying. You know, it's almost embarrassing when they don't get the job. So they sue. Well, they, that's what hand, it sounds like. They've also, I, I haven't heard of that before, but they also... When you say that, I say, oh, well, they have had an amazing ability to network. They have, an, you know, even if they don't get a job, they have now cre- expanded their network considerably. Fair. And fair. obviously if they made it, but th- that points to the whole problem with the process. It's a stupid process. Well, this whole thing with suing, I, I know this is like, I feel like we're almost beating a dead horse here. This whole thing where people are so afraid because you're going to get sued. Oh, guess what? You're going to win when you, when you get someone, because obviously it's ridiculous, but it's the money to save your company, your name, your house. You know, people sue you and they like, they don't care that they're wrong and you're right. They'll sue you anyways because they know it's the way of putting the knife in and twisting it. Well, they think they're right. I think a lot of people who sue think they're right. That'd be my assumption. Even if they are clearly not. I mean, it, I don't know if that's true. Okay. I don't either. I don't. <laughs> but just to be, just so you're clear, you are getting you will be served with papers later today about the sound effects. <laughs> there is an injunction and a restraining order. Anyway, um, but that's silly though to have all those interviews. Just whoever is responsible for the project should hire whoever they need. And it's just when you string it out to all these multiple things, what are you really uh, doing? You're just all you're doing is cutting it down to the people who are good at interviewing. That's a good point because I think the more people, but isn't are that half of the, the game higher, anyways? Being able to publicly speak, no, to a group, no, or it absolutely is not. If you need a programmer to make a new widget for your widget making machine, you don't care if he can speak publicly, right? But this situation usually happens to top execs, you know, or that's kind of the same top thing, management though. people. That's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I can't say. I for mean, unless you're hiring a PR person, in which case the more people they talk to is probably better. But you know, this is. Silly. Years ago, I met this guy. He used to go to interviews. He had a great job. He had people headhunting him all the time. Mm-hmm. And he used to tell me once in a while, he would go ahead and someone would headhunt him. He'd say, yeah, sure. They'd fly him to another city. He'd say, yeah. And then he, he'd say, well, are you going to pay for a hotel or whatever? And they said, yes, of course, blah, blah, blah. And then he'd go to the interview and then have a you know free weekend. So he would go to the interview on Friday, You know, maybe go to New Orleans or St. Louis or Chicago or New York, wherever the interview was and get a free ride. <laughs> Are you saying he wasn't interested in the, in the job? Correct. Seems like a jerk. Uh, in case he's listening, I'm not going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad because he's just taking advantage of a company, but still, it's, you know, I wouldn't do that. Oh, I wouldn't either. And but- oddly enough, I, I've had a few jobs in my, in my life. I've never been interviewed more than once. Really? Yeah. I've been interviewed more than once. Well, you, you, you have a lot more jobs than I do. That's true. That's true. Plus you're good at, you're much gooder at speaking than I am. (laughs) I guess Uh, it's just more complicated than it used to be. Life getting you down. Is your head always drooping towards the floor? And then seeing your horrible floor just makes you feel that much worse? What to do? Don't change you. That's too much work. Change your floor instead. Go Rageous Flooring is happy, sunny, exciting, rejuvenating flooring. They make flooring fun again. Woohoo! Go Rageous Flooring. For one, you just can't bear to look at your old, horrible floor anymore. You'll be so happy, you won't ever look at your floor again. Whoopee. That's GoRageousFlooring.com. 
Gorageous Flooring. G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S dot com. You know what's also complicated? Just going about things that are complicated. Last week, I'm talking to some guys that, see, I'm, I, I just sent my oldest son to college. So it's the first kid I've sent to college. And I'm hashing out with some guys I know. And they're, because our, our kids are the same age, I'm telling them about the whole process for college. Before I can even explain about how complicated it is, I get interrupted by the other dads. And they're like, this is the craziest thing. Why does attending a college have to be so complicated? I'm like, oh my God. And here it is. When I went to school, and probably when you went to school, you applied for the school. They said yes or no. If they said yes, you went, you had to pay somehow, either through financial aid or savings or however you did it. For me, luckily, I went to a state school before schools were raping the, the students. And Whoa. so I just... Can we just say overcharging? No. Okay. <laughs> so... um I paid 500 bucks a semester and the year I started every single semester, it went up a hundred dollars <laughs> and put the math together on that. When I got to the end, it still wasn't that much. So I paid my tuition and then they made me fill out this paperwork saying, have you had your shots? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, 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 yes. Um, and then I can't remember. There was one, they said, you don't, we need proof of the shot. And I, I think it was tetanus. Right. So I literally went to the wellness center on the university campus, mm-hmm. paid them 10 bucks. They gave me the shot. I went back saying, yes, I got the shot done. A week later in the mail, I got uh, course classes and then I showed up or turned it in which classes I wanted to take. And then I go to school. That's it. And, that, and that's a lot right there. But that was basically it. Completely different today. Today, you you get accepted, then you have to send in your I accept, and then they send you a checklist of things you have to do. And you go through the checklist and they don't take your word for anything. So you have to show all your shots, you got to get doctors. If you can't show proof, you got to retake those shots. So assuming that there's one or two shots that you've misplaced with your kid, or maybe he just didn't have it because it wasn't required in the state that you were at and the state Mm -hmm. they're in it. Now you got to go to the doctor. The doctor's got to show proof. You got to send that in. Then when that's all done, then you got to show them insurance that you're somehow insured somehow, someplace, somewhere. You going to university should not matter whether you have health insurance or accident insurance. That should not stop your education. And then the next thing that they start asking you is then you start verifying your grades, which is fine. You turn in your transcripts and I get that part. But of course, they have to be official. Um, and then you have to wait. Then you have to go to the process with the high school if it is a high school and show all that records. And now let's just say you went into school, for example, like you did something. That was one of the things you you said you did. And they don't take you for face value what, anymore. What things are you saying that you did? Like say my son got an Eagle Scout. They want to see that you really got your Eagle Scout. Really? Okay. Um, and then, huh. then when all that's done, then you get um, uh, some kind of a thing saying, Yes, we got those or not got those. And guess what? Because things are electronic now. Sometimes it says when you press send, it doesn't always get sent. So now you got to go back and do some other stuff over again. Then a lot of your financial obligations are broken down into either payments or how you're going to pay. So for example, is if you pay uh, through a direct deposit, that's fine. But let's just say you're going to pay with your credit card. Guess what? There's a 2.8% charge. You can pay with your credit card? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of crazy. 
So they charge you 2.8%. I'm guessing because most credit cards charge on both ends and they don't want to eat that end. Exactly. Okay, fine. But it's just, then you have to sign a waiver saying you acknowledge the 2.8%. I mean, it just, I can't, I'm not even getting through half of the garbage. And then when you get there, you have all this orientation and then it just keeps going on and on and on. And I'm telling you what happened to me, but the other guys in the conversation all have the exact same story at different universities, different places in the United States. And I'm saying to you right now, James, it's the most ridiculous. No wonder college is so expensive. No, I mean, no, someone has why. to check all that stuff. That's not why it's expensive. I uh, know. I know. It's, it's sports and, I mean, no. and other things. Uh, the, what you And government. Government's a big reason. It's not it's government expensive. either. It's very, it's very simple. We'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> And I've explained this in the past, so I'll explain it to you again slowly this time. Really quick. But I'm no, sorry no. I rambled for so long. Oh, yeah. Are you really sorry? <laughs> um, um, at this point, I'm upset that I'm deaf in only one ear. Um, that, what you described except for the credit card thing. Cause in 1990, when I went to college, I don't think they were taking credit cards yet. And the Eagle Scout, cause I wasn't an Eagle Scout, but everything else you talked about, I, I did when I went to college. You had to show insurance. Yes. I remember that. And that was, you know, we all had all this stuff all lined up. My mother, you know, is actually in the, in quote, in the industry. So I'm sure she was ready for all this stuff and had it probably more well optimized and ready to go than most people. But uh, I remember, all, I don't know if there's more stuff than that. I mean, once we got there, it was, the process was pretty much over, but there was also a whole big process around uh, picking the dorm. Well, not picking the dorm, but- Oh, I didn't even get into that. That's another housing, whole thing. Yeah, housing was a whole thing in it. In oh, it, and so. that's ridiculous too, because I, I went into housing as a kid too. I filled out the form. Mm-hmm. They said, yes, you go to this school, blah, blah, blah. Um, I said, I signed a simple rental contract, except instead of- it was a university, so it had a few more rules, no alcohol, no smoking, stuff like that. And I was done. I paid and I paid monthly and I lived in, uh, they, I didn't live in dorms. I lived in what they called campus apartments. Mm-hmm. And um, it was easy, easy breezy, as they say. No big deal. But no, not at the universities now. And I'm not, this is not me just talking. This okay, is yeah, everybody. What, what, how's it been complicated? Well, the, uh, once again, do you have insurance? Uh there's certain times you have to check in. I mean, even right, the well, check-in process is crazy complicated. When I went to school, they, they gave you your key. They said, here's your apartment. Um, see you later. And that was it. Now it's like, you got to go into a certain checkup time. Uh, you can only up and load your car for three hours. If you can't get your loading of your stuff into the dorm in three hours, you have to go back to the main campus and ask for, ask for permission to go longer. I mean, it just keeps going the, on and on. The What I'm getting from all this is that it's really boring to be a middle-aged man with college, <laughs> college-aged kids. Come on. You went through all that stuff when you went to college? You didn't just pay, show up, unload your oh, stuff, no, meet no. your roommate? I mean, there, there was, it, it sounds like maybe there are a couple of extra steps, but I don't remember it that clearly. But I remember there being a lot of, there's a lot of process in it. There's a lot of bureaucracy. There are a lot of bureaucrats that you have to get through. Uh, before you actually I get to wonder to class. how many low economic families get started on it, get accepted. And then by the time they get through all the paperwork, like, Hey, just go to a JC, man, this is too much. And then there's so, so the reason the college is so expensive right now is because there's no pressure. There's no uh, free market pressure on the pricing of college because it's a little bit of a multi-step process. So try to bear with me. You know, the one thing you can't, uh, get rid of when you declare bankruptcy, one thing you can't discharge in bankruptcy is student loan debt that will follow you until you die. So 
This means that there is a tremendous value in selling student loans to kids because it's guaranteed income. They can never discharge it. It will always come back to you at whatever percent of increase they no, have. No, I know. I, I, I filled out one of these forms too. And when you have that kind of perverse incentive, that means that there's no pressure on school pricing. So there's no reason to stop the pricing going up because there's no competition because you, you can get free money and there are people who are Let's be frank about it. The people who are giving student loans now are predatory. They're being very predatory. They're literally getting kids that are underage to sign these contractually binding um, agreements that you could see nowhere else in society we see this. It's, it's, it's absolutely sick and disgusting that in the United States we prey upon the people, the young kids uh, going trying to get an education. It's, it's disgusting. And I think... Well, I think there's more to it than just this. But this is what I was trying to say earlier about the government being involved, no free market, and this whole thing with loans. That kind of gets into loan forgiveness because this is a thing that's been thrown around a lot, especially it comes definitely during the elections. It comes up. They bring it up and it never happens. Uh, Well, you know, things never happen until they happen. And a lot of what's talked about is, oh, you know, the government will just cut a check and make all those student loans go away or a part of those student loans go away. That is not my idea of student forgive- debt forgiveness. My idea of student debt forgiveness is a very simple stroke of the pen that says, oh, by the way, all those student debts, you can now discharge in bankruptcy. Oh, that's, that's a good point. I never thought I of that. that. That would fix the problem almost overnight. And it wouldn't put the taxpayer on the hook for any of this nonsense. It would, it would it would harm the nasty people who have been taking advantage of our kids, which seems almost like justice. Well, I just remember eight years. For eight years, they kept saying, you know, there's these special forgiveness programs that you can apply for through the, through the Obama years. And I looked into them because um, I have no debt myself, but my wife did. And... Um, and I was like, okay, let's see if she qualifies. Um, and then it, it, and obviously she didn't. So, or I wouldn't be, I would be sitting here with joy right now. <laughs> um, they did start blanketing these things that they would start forgiving teachers. Like if say you got an educational degree and you went into teaching and you taught so many years, um, I think they did make that available. And I remember asking people, teacher friends of mine, cause I have quite a few still, did they get it? And the answer was always no. Mm. Yes, we have it out there. It's like, it reminds me of, there's actually in real estate, they have this, um, they have a couple programs out there for people of poverty that helps you get your deposit, helps you get um, get your first month mortgage done and they'll get you all set up so you can buy a house, but they're only select houses. And so they've been having this program and the government touts it from time to time. Oh, we offer this special program for there's like maybe a hundred in the whole United States. <laughs> That's going to help anybody. In Phoenix alone, I believe there's currently one available. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, there's one. Yeah. And it'll be it's gone in seconds. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. That reminds me of, that's like the the forgiveness loan that they keep talking about. People talk about it, talk about it forever, but it's just like you said, and I never really thought about the whole process of saying, yeah, let's put it in a bankruptcy. Um, that would probably solve it right there, but you got to understand tuition's more expensive, not just mm-hmm. because of that. There's multiple reasons. Like no, I really I believe that, sports that, have that a lot take, to do with that it. That takes the pressure off it. Well, sports brings money into the colleges. Uh, I don't believe all the universities 
make money off that. What they tell you is they're making their money because of all the free advertising and getting, and that's a ridiculous reason. So for example, is if you look at the university of the United States that are more affordable, generally speaking, they do not have football teams, Mm -hmm. right? So I went to, like I just told you, a very affordable school. We had a soccer team, which is basically a ball and some field gold and some grass. That's relatively inexpensive, especially in California where it rains. Mm And then on top of that, we had a baseball field. Now that's a little more expensive because you actually need a helmet, but the kids still have to get their own gloves. And the school I went to did not pay for shoes like they do now. So I have a, um, a second cousin who had, anyways, they're playing for Indiana State. They're paying, and I'm good for him, but they're paying for everything. His shoes, his clothes, anything that has to do with the game, socks. I mean, he doesn't even have to buy the little thing to cover his teeth. I mean, he pays for nothing. They're paying for all that. And when I say they, I mean the students of that school, <laughs> not well. And, and if it's a state school, the state. Yeah. So t- the tax people and the students are paying for that. But I'm telling you, that's why the tuition's so crazy high. One other thing, I don't t- think shoes cost that much. Shoes don't cost twenty thousand dollars a year. And I went to a school that had no sports and was very expensive. I, that's <laughs> so it was both. Yeah, both. And in we the did, la- we did have an unofficial hockey team. And they were called the Nads. There you go. Do you know why they call them ads? I'm almost not. I'm almost don't want to know. <laughs> because when you go to a game and you cheer for your team, what do you say? <laughs> go, go, right. go, Nads, go, Nads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were very clever. I must and be actually, tired. I'm not catching these ahead of time today. So, so the thing is, with that team, it was not an official team, and it was made up of some students, mostly former students, and maybe some convicts. I don't know. It was, you know, not the height of Providence. Did they actually play on campus? I don't remember. I never actually went to a game. Oh. I don't know where they played. My campus, I went to the baseball games, but we also had a girls volleyball team. Mm. They were awesome. They were really good. And women soccer teams and women base softball teams. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Generally speaking, those women aren't the most attractive women, but in volleyball, those women were beautiful. And so we went to every game. And cheered them on faithfully. I'm <laughs> um, just trying to process what you just said. <laughs> you don't think volleyball girls are absolutely amazing? Well, I don't want to talk about their aesthetic qualities, but it just seems really weird to actually, to literally, Sam seems a little weird to be judging the sports based on the attractive attractiveness of the player. I think women do this with like baseball, or at least they used to do it with baseball. I don't know anymore, but uh, what about volleyball? Because it's not like you're right on top of them or anything. It's not like, I don't know. I get, I never really got into uh, cheerleaders at football games either. We've talked about this before. My favorite part as a kid going to football games was the cheerleaders as a kid. So I, th- I think the point here, Christopher, is you need a little re-education. <laughs> oh my God. Let me go into that with the universities. Oh, here we go. So they have also sensitivity training and what that is, is sexual, basically, basically sexual harassment training. Uh, you know what? I don't want to, uh, this is a whole can of worms. Oh my God. But that's part no. of the complications. Yeah, that's great. But we can't get into that now. Oh my God. So no. many classes that you have to take to even be accepted to the universities. They have, I, I, it goes on and on. I mean, really, I know we're only here for about 40 minutes. Yeah, I don't, I, minutes. Also, I just don't want to talk about it. It's too much of a can of worms. <laughs> it really is. Because I'm going to have to say something nice about Trump. Okay. And the boss of all people. So I'm not going to. So, yeah. So, you know, sp- sit and spin. <laughs> Anyways, I'm so sorry. I'll, I will stop talking about college. It's actually very simple. Just uh, just 
go ahead and do it. <laughs> I don't know. Do what? Could do college? Do do college. Send your yeah, kids. Yeah, Send I'm your not, kids. I'm not 100% sold in that position, but okay. I'm just glad we don't live in China where, you know, all the Where kids. you get sent to jail for 18 years for speaking your mind? <laughs> no, I was going to say University of Sweatshop. That's <laughs> not really how things work, but okay. But China, well, okay. If we want to continue on the bad news side of things, okay. let's just go full negative this, this episode. Thanks, Christopher. <laughs> Thanks for bringing all your negativity to, to, to me. I'm think I'm thinking more and more what a good idea it was to poison that. I mean, uh, to give you some coffee this morning. Well, if it's not working, it's probably because it was made in China. Uh, in a in a recent development, I have decided that uh, it's. I was always for a long time. Uh, for a long time, I've been pro China. I I've always I've worked with Chinese in the past very closely. I've been to China. And I know these people, and they always seem like they're good, hardworking people that really weren't interested in world domination. So even though we've seen them get a lot more aggressive over the past few years, I kept assuming that that was just not a paper tiger kind of thing, but them just throwing their weight around as they get more weight. Um, but not really a problem. I, I have now shed that naive, that naive take on it. And I now realize we are in a cold war with China. And the thing that really did it for me was this quote from a Chinese state official whose name was, I don't know, I don't even care what his name is, but uh, he was uh, <laughs> China State Affiliated Media. So this is his quote. This is his tweet. This is his official tweet. After the fall of the Kabul regime, which is a weird way to say it, the Taiwan authorities must be trembling. Don't look forward to the U.S. to protect them. Taipei officials need to quietly mail order a five-star red flag from Chinese mainland. It will be useful one day when they surrender to the PLA. And then he ends his, this horrible screed with an emoji of a smiley face. <laughs> that's weird. But that it's sounds like a grotesque is what it is. What'd you say? It's grotesque. It sounds like it. It sounds like a declaration of war to me. That's no, not a declaration of war. It's just being a dick. <laughs> oh my God. But they've been like this for a long time. The, the people, like, it's interesting it's been, you said the people. It's this is how it up. is in communist countries. The people... And the government don't usually match. No, no, but the government has, up until recently, they they would never have put out stuff like this before. They would they poke us once in a while, you know. They they build another island in the middle of the the South Chinese Sea because that's what they they want. And to we have just influence. forgotten all about that. We have definitely not forgotten about that. We have bar- a, a carrier group out there all the time. And but we I have, mean, the public doesn't even talk. You don't read about it in the news well, anymore. Well, most of the public, most of you un, uh, uninformed people may not be talking about this. But those of us in, you know, higher <laughs> levels of society, the, the elites among us, we are constantly thinking about these things. This is what we talk about during our dinner parties. <laughs> How about over coffee? No. <laughs> well, I guess we're doing it now. So, yes, technically. But that was the kind of thing that uh, finally it hit home that this the, the regime change they've had in China has really changed the entire nature of the the political stance that they have now. Well, it's interesting. A minute ago, you were saying that you were comfortable with I've, I, I have also dealt with the Chinese over the years, uh, more from a competitive point of view. Mm-hmm. And yes, when I was working with the Chinese uh, with my company, they were generally generally very polite, but. I could always tell they were constantly trying to ask certain questions to pick up certain pieces of information, which I knew the agenda was strictly to figure out how they could make our product without us. Absolutely. I have no qualm with that. Not, that is and, completely true. They, we paid for them to come over. We were trying to build a relationship. We're the ones that are trying to get this whole thing going. And their intent was, oh, there's no relationship here. We're just going to squeeze in for 
information. It reminds me of Disney. I don't know if it's quite that mercenary, but you know, you have to understand from their perspective, they're, they're builders, they're makers, they're creating where, uh, factories they're 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 putting all this stuff together that's See, and I, just, I don't they're they also churn. thieves I, they steal our american ideas i mean how many times you read the news where there's like an apple store somewhere and there's no apple store by apple there um when i used to go into these what they call line reviews and it's basically your line of your product line i would see the guy sitting next to me with his products to do his his presentation with our tiles and with him, yeah. not our tiles and his tiles, so he could go look at ours. The ours is better than theirs. No, just our tiles. <laughs> yeah, but my my point is, my point is, I I think you're overlooking the the fundamental perspective that they have. They make stuff. They're looking for stuff to make. So you come to them with ideas. They want to make their their ideas, and it's not really. It just doesn't really occur to them that you have quote intellectual property. That's a very American idea that doesn't really translate well into China. China is all about making stuff and whoever can make it faster, cheaper is going to win. And there's another country that did exactly the same thing as this. Do you know what that country, and it's a little bit more historical, but the United States did exactly the same thing to the Europeans. The Europeans made a lot of great stuff. And during the uh, industrial revolution, America was really good at knocking that stuff off. Are you talking about Germany? No, England, Germany, France—they were—they oh, right. were the—they were the leaders in engineering and design, and we just sort of copied all their stuff and made it well. See, I don't believe that to be true. I mean, uh, in the early part of our in- industrialization, that is—that's how it was. Now we eventually became the dominant force in uh, in, in design and engineering. But we were we were the we have copy we were the copiers because we had a you no, know we, had a, James, we were farmers no, we, we were competing for the same inventions at the same time and we either later. invented it that first was, or we later. didn't invent you said industrial are we talking yeah. about the industrial period yeah yeah but the early industrial period I mean we, I, we I mean we are our legendary Benjamin Franklin with the lightning and the key and all that uh, fairy tale yeah but hey, he was a, he was a one off for his generation. No, Thomas Edison is, is Bell, not. Uh, what about Bell? They are not in, in the industrial revolution. They're not early in the industrial revolution. They're deep into it already. This is, this is by the time you need to be able to, when you're in, when you're going to manufacturing, you need to be able to just start making stuff and learning how to make stuff. That's the point at which you're not creating new ideas. You're just really focusing on the, cre- on, not on the creative part, but on the manufacturing part. And that's where we had, that's just where we, we were copying stuff. That's what we did. Everyone does. Ch- Japan's the same way. Japan was just copying stuff. Okay. Part, when they, when copying re- is, de- okay. I'll give you, we copied stuff, but we copied with improvements and changes. China manufacturers literally copy and make an inferior product. A lot of industries can be ruined by China by them copying. So for example is, say you make a product and it's a special kind of a thing to hold your coffee in the, in the coffee maker better. Okay. So you invent this, you come up with it and people are buying it like crazy. China will then steal the exact design, but make it with a cheaper plastic. So it only lasts maybe a couple months versus five years and then sell that product. That's complete. And then what happens is you can't sell your product anymore because everybody's made the association is that little thing for your coffee maker is a piece of junk. It only lasts a couple of weeks. I, I don't and now it puts both companies out of business. I don't dispute that. Well, no, the other the Chinese company is going on to, something, to make some, to copy something else. I don't dispute that at all. I'm just saying that when a country starts its industrialization process, that's the first step is copying and it doesn't get better. 
Well, the very the, when China when Japan started after the, after World War II, when Japan started recreating its industry or creating its industry, really for the first Thank time. Thank you to the United States contributing tons okay, of millions yes, of dollars yes, so they could stuff, even do that. Their stuff was absolute junk. The first Japanese stuff was junk, just like the original Chinese stuff was junk. And now the Chinese and the Japanese are amazingly good at manufacturing stuff. They show there are bad manufacturers well, in China. Let's too, go back to the comparison. They make the best stuff in the let's world. Let's go back to the comparison with Europe and America and then China. And then you brought up Japan too. I I mean, what, During that time period, we were not the strongest country. Did right. any of those Europeans give us free wheat, free corn? Did they send us money? Did they send the answer is not, no. I don't remember the China, we, they still haven't paid us back for the years and years and years when they're starving people. We sent them corn and wheat every year to stop those people from starving. The United States government, your tax dollars, at least our parents' tax, dollars. We're going toward buying food and sending it for free so that people didn't starve to death in China. And then you have this story that you tell me now. And I think to myself, what a bunch of jerks. Okay. But who's, who's financing the the U S government now? A lot of people are. And I know China has bought a ton of stuff here in the United States. No, they're not sending us wheat. They're not sending us anything except crappy products. Well, and the best products, the crappiest products and the best products. I disagree with that. I still think the best products come from the United States and Europe. We can't make your iPhone in the United States right now. You can't make it all in China either. Okay. But at one point we were now Apple is specifically and Samsung and other country and other companies are being smart about it and moving their resources away from China as much as they can. So I think Apple is an, and once again, Samsung, thank you to the previous president that has nothing to do with Apple's decision-making that is zero. He had no impact on Apple whatsoever. Apple has been slowly, Apple, Tim Cook is the master of supply chain and Tim Cook can obviously recognize that there are problems with the Chinese supply chain. So he's distributing it through the, throughout, he's distributing it more wisely throughout the world. There are a lot of industries in this country that were not here six years ago, completely gone. Um, I brought up, in previous episodes, I brought up the furniture industry. That has- that, That's been dying for decades. I mean, that was dying for decades. But it's returned to the United States. Uh, North Carolina, all the Carolinas, both both the Carolinas. Now, we weren't talking about furniture. We were talking about Apple. I was talking about the, China making the best stuff. China has the highest capacity. Has, can I make was the talking best about products being better made in Europe and the United States than in China. Okay, but- Bringing one company China, out is- China, can, China has the capacity to make the best stuff in the world. But it chooses not to because of the very reasons I was just suggesting. There's the, there's a whole range of manufacturing in China. You, I don't know what to say here, but you know, there's a range of manufacturing. And they of course there is. There was a point at which both Japan and China simply couldn't make the best products. They didn't have the expertise and they didn't have the machines to be able to do that. Now they do. And they, they can make the things at the same level uh, that Europe, United States, everyone else can. I think the big difference here is they allow child labor is and this is china's real long-term problem is even though they can have the manufacturing knowledge and capability to make whatever they need to make they don't have the design and engineering chops to do that they don't have the visionaries to create the new ideas and the new and the new ways of doing things and they actively crush those people who do this is china's long-term problem they are trying to be, you know, they, they would like to over overtake uh, Europe and America in engineering and design. I'm not sure that they ever will, though, because it's inherently when I, I said that 18 years, you get jailed in 18 years in China. That was actually referencing a specific story where uh, an outspoken billionaire in China who built a huge empire, uh, 
economic empire in China, they put him in jail for talking out. So they're taking the, the, well, the this equivalent is, of This Steve is always Jobs, the problem like the with educated Steve, people and intelligent take, people. They they're going to see the government figure out workarounds so that they can be successful. But the problem is once they reach that success, they're still intelligent and they want to speak out about things. And if they don't get in line with what the Chinese people or I should say the Chinese government has planned for them, let's just take it. So it encourages people to do little work and just steal and get things done as quick as possible. That and leave the terrible place and come to the United States. Some of them do. Yeah. Well, a lot of them do. We have been the beneficiary of the world's intelligentsia. The elites have often come to the But why do you think they come here, James? They come here because we don't put them in jail. My point. That's well, that's the other side of the, the flip side of the coin is China might be great at manufacturing, but they're not great at engineering and design. And that's because there's really no reason to really strive to get ahead in China. You can be a great engineer, but there's no reason to go off and start your own company because if you start your own company in China, you have to deal with the Communist Party. And the Communist Party may come in and tell you to do something that is against your interest. Or against and what do we also have the army that, would you call it the People's Liberation Army? Yes, the PLA. <laughs> <laughs> which does, you know, is into, yeah, there, there, this is another problem with the China is that it's really hard to know where their manufacturing sector ends and their military sector begins. There's really no border between those two things. I think that's common through most of the rest of the world, other than the Western not world, even remotely like China and in the United States, Apple is not intermeshed with the U S military. You know where it begins and where it ends. Uh, but you keep bringing up Apple. The, Apple's uh, not the well, only company in this country. Let's talk about the McDowell's that definitely are. Let's talk about... Um, oh, there are suppliers. And, and it's, it's... Raytheon. Really, it's, let's it, talk about... It's, I mean, it's, well, they're... they're or Thor Industry or even It's Boeing. grotesque when I think see things from Apple, Google employees. Google employees um, protesting the idea that they're going to do anything for the U.S. military. It's like you're not willing to participate in the defense of your own country, Google employees. Get off, your, get off your goddamn high horse. What do you th- what do you think keeps the Chinese from actually invading us or, or Russia from invading or us? Or stealing your Google products. <laughs> your Google products. Or, you know, locking you out of mainland China because, you know, freedom. Well, and then there's the whole thing with Hong Kong, too, of course. I mean, the protests have stopped since the uh, virus has happened. But before that, protests that were a, insane. That would have been good retort to this, this jackass uh, from the Chinese state affiliated media. Right. It's like, oh, well, yeah, okay. So how is Hong Kong going over there, guy? So how is that treaty that you had with uh, Hong Kong going there? Are you you fulfilling your obligations there? Well, China China? used to be one government, two economics. They used to brag about that. But if you really are a capitalistic person in Hong Kong right now, uh, you're not breaking any rules. You're going by the treaty. You're going by the, uh, the, the, the laws that are set up for commerce in Hong Kong and you become successful. And you either speak up or you try to grow beyond what they want you to grow. All they do is kidnap you in the night, bring you to the other side outside of Hong Kong, and then they try you on all the things you did in Hong Kong as if you did them in the rest of China. And guess what? You don't get to go to jail. Guess what? Your whole family gets to go to jail. Your whole family could be executed. So the point being, in response to this guy, you should have said, oh, yeah, Taiwan, if you're looking at Kabul, maybe you should also take a look at Hong Kong and see how China's doing there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, China. Thanks. China, shut up and sit down. Or sit down and shut up, whichever one. Do do both of them. Do them at the same time. 
You think our president's going to say anything about this? I didn't haven't heard anything yet about what about the whole. But he had said I read that lot. That was a few. That was almost a week ago. I haven't heard anything about it from the well, president, you, from the government, from anybody. This is not the kind. Of, if I was in the United States government, I would not respond to this kind of. This is just. It's tro- this is trolling. Do you do you feed the trolls? Don't feed the trolls. Oh, that's true. You're you, right, respond, you're right. you respond by putting a carrier group. Oh, there is a carrier group in the South China Sea. Can I troll for another cup of coffee? Sure. Thanks. Pontiac Fiero. North America's only mid-engine, two-passenger production car. One of the top 10 cars for 2021 says Car and Driver Magazine. Fiero, fuel-injected economical, only by Pontiac. Pontiac builds excitement. Fiero. Hey, James, thanks for the call. I only took a half. You'll notice I only took a half because... uh, I don't want to be here too long. Yeah, I'm done. God, you got really wound up today. (laughs) The only thing... I got a horse story. Oh, that sounds... I love (laughs) horses so much. Do you not like horses? I don't care about horses. It's so weird. I'm a cat guy. I'm a cat and dogs, man. You know, I'm starting to realize it's because um, I've been meeting people that own horses lately. And I've... So I have a couple horse stories and I have found that there are people that don't like horses. I didn't know this. Okay. Anyway, so you do know there's like a derby and that they race horses, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) They were having a race last week and what normally happens, not normal, once in a while, jockey gets thrown or jockey falls off and the horse doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Sometimes they just continue racing without the jockey. They might win because there's less weight on their back. Do they get to win if they don't have a jockey on them? No. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But most of the time they run for a little bit, then they might go running the wrong direction or they try to get free grass, you know, in the center of the, but not this horse. This horse gets loose, jumps the fence, because I guess this horse is a jumper also, not just a racer, um, makes its way down the street, starts hauling full speed at racing, I don't tempo, I guess. Okay, speed, whatever. Anyways. And makes its way onto the freeway and starts racing down the freeway for 30 minutes. They finally catch it. They had a couple of veterinarians, uh, some other people that related to the horse's ownership. They catch the horse. They sedate it. You know, not like make it fall asleep drunk or something like that, but they, they right. calm it down. Yeah. They put it and they haul it off to a nearby barn. And I don't know, a few hours later, now the barn catches on fire. And so they have to take out this, all the other horses, obviously, and they have to take out this sedated horse from the barn. I feel like, um, you ever have like a bad day? That's like a, that's like a bad omen. Uh, and that's coming from the horse's mouth. <laughs> all right, I got a question for you. You ready, James? Here it is. You're riding a horse at full speed. There's a draft beside you and the lion right behind you, what do you do? Get off the carousel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for a comment. I don't have any comment other than, what was the name of the horse, OJ? <laughs> this is this is this must have been in California. No, this was at the Derby. Oh, this is at the, the actual- Kentucky. Okay. Uh, they don't Hell's have derbies Park. in California? In Kentucky. Well, there you go. So the name of this horse- was bold and bossy. Oh, wow. That's a great name. <laughs> How do people come up with these things? Well, I, I don't know if you... Oh, that's funny. So, do you want to know the story behind that? Or Not really. 
anyways, it has to do, they basically, usually they steal the name from the mother and father. Like, so some of these horses have crazy long names because they're, they're the mayor or the stud both have crazy long names. So it's a bunch of these kids in the upper east side of New York who have, you know, hyphenated names and triple middle names and yeah. Because they're trying to unite the families. <laughs> I guess. So anyways, if you're riding down Highway 41 in Kentucky and you saw a racehorse last week, um, no alarm. It's it's safe and sound I right would have just pulled off. I'm done with Kentucky. Goodbye. <laughs> why would you, if you're a horse, why would you go to the highway? Well, the, the crazy thing was, is that there were lots of cars. Like there was so much footage of it. Like people like, is that a horse? And you know passengers, everybody's got a camera these days. So you have so much footage of this horse running down the street. People had to obviously stop because um, for a while it was on the wrong side of the road. Oh, good. That's a good one. <laughs> Anyways, so. Uh, so was the horse vaccinated? Yes. <laughs> you in Kentucky, you sure? No. This I is Kentucky. I have no idea. Okay. What do I know? All right. Um, I'm going to finish this coffee on the road. Thank God. Hey, James, thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah. Oh, what? Was this a good show? This is kind of angry. It is kind of angry. Angry. So for those of you that want to hear my fun sound effects, wait till after the credits. <laughs> Do you not know the meaning of the term moratorium? I've told you. It's obvious what that means. Besides the fact you already explained it to me twice. Okay. And you understand <laughs> the break. I'm the one who posts the audio. Right. I have final say over these things. <laughs> Aren't you going to say something about crematory next? I may just throw this one out. <laughs> or you. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time. The coffee should do it, though. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, James. Thanks Bye. again. Bye. This episode of Heatstroke was brought to you by Markers in Motion and the number two. If you'd like to contact Heatstroke Podcast, go to info at heatstrokepodcast.com. Sun is out so bright. Don't Won't you come on out? It's making light, light and bright for you. Don't you see me? Pick a boo. Don't you feel me? It's morning dew. All I want yes. is a cup. Yes. A very large cup. Yes. In my hand. Yes. A large cup. Hot. Warm. Oh. Cup. It's not tea. And it must be dark, dark brown. Oh, it's made from pink brown. Make it hot, make it hot, make it very, very hot. Coffee. Hey, don't stress about the future. It hasn't arrived yet.